two siblings and three of their friends are traveling to visit their grandfather's grave in Texas when they fall victim to a family of cannibalistic psychopaths and must survive the terrors of Leatherface and his family. Welcome to Law and Horror. I'm your host, Jeanette, and in a horror movie, I would survive by hiding until I'm forgotten. And I'm your other host, Julie. In a horror movie, I would die investigating the strange sound. Massacre. <laughs> I didn't do such a good job with <laughs> with, with taking like uh, discussion notes on this one because I, it turns out I have not seen this movie before. I've seen the other ones, I think. Same. And I was just like... It, like, hurt my tummy a little bit. I was just like... <gasps> right? Oh, my I God. Didn't. Okay. Yeah. So, before we jump into this, we are doing yes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 1974 original movie, arguably the first slasher movie ever made. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, that 1974 is a key detail because Jeanette may have started out watching the... Uh, Jessica Biel, 2003 one. Also an excellent movie. Also an excellent movie. <laughs> Which is, but, but I was like, damn, they must have gotten like a real Jessica Biel lookalike for the remake. Oh, God. <laughs> I went through and I was like, yeah, that's definitely Jessica Biel. I'm in the wrong <laughs> You're movie. You're like, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But before we move on from the first slasher movie ever made... There, I, I did also, when I was, I was doing some light research just to double check that fact. Some people argue that Bay of Blood, I guess it's called, that came out in 1971, mm-hmm. is in fact the first slasher movie. I have not seen that movie, nor have I ever actually heard of it, I don't think. So, no, me but neither. I just wanted to throw that detail out there. This movie is directed okay, cool. by Toby Hooper. It's written by Kim mm-hmm. Henkel and Toby Hooper. It stars Marilyn Burns, Edward Neal, Alan Danziger... Paul Patain, William Vale, Terry McMinn, and Gunnar Hansen. Gunnar Hansen plays Leatherface. Ooh, Gunnar's a cool boom, name boom, boom. for the seventies. Yeah, unless you're a Gunner in law school, in which case, which oh yeah, good name that's fair. Called, yeah, <laughs> we know some of those. Uh huh. And unfortunately, some of them go on to still act that way. Oh, in, yeah, in their adulthood. Yeah, once Oof. a Gunner, always a Gunner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so if you're already familiar with this film, uh, go ahead and skip forward about 1 minute and 45 seconds. And I'm going to give you the summary. Sally Hardesty, her paraplegic brother Franklin, and their friends Jerry, Kirk, and Pam visit the grave of the Hardesty's grandfather to investigate reports of vandalism and grave robbing. Afterwards, they decide to visit the old family homestead. Along the way, they pick up a hitchhiker. They stop at a gas station to refill their vehicle, but the proprietor tells them that the pumps are empty. They stumble upon a nearby house, which Kirk enters through the unlocked door, while Pam waits outside. Leatherface suddenly appears and kills Kirk with a hammer. Pam enters soon after and trips into a room filled with furniture made from human bones. She attempts to flee, but Leatherface catches her and impales her on a meat hook. Jerry sees the house, finds Pam still alive inside a freezer. Before he can react, Leatherface kills him. 
With darkness falling, Sally and Franklin set out to find their friends. Leatherface lunges from the darkness and kills Franklin with a chainsaw. She escapes from Leatherface and flees to the gas station. The proprietor calms her down with offers of help, but then kidnaps her. He drives her to the house, arriving at the same time as the hitchhiker, who's now revealed to be Leatherface's brother. They bring down one of the desiccated bodies from upstairs, that of their grandpa. He is revealed to be alive when he sucks blood from a cut on Sally's finger. They decide that grandpa should kill Sally. He tries to kill her with a hammer, but he's too weak. In the ensuing struggle, she breaks free, leaps through a window, runs to the main road. Leatherface and his brother give chase, but the brother is run over and killed by a passing semi-truck. Sally escapes in the back of a passing pickup as Leatherface manically flails his chainsaw in the air in anger and defeat. So, Julie, what is your score out of five chainsaws? I am going to give this movie four out of five chainsaws because I feel like it still holds up. Like, I was done watching this movie and I was still vaguely shook. Yes, Shook is a really good word for this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I gave it a 3.5 out of 5 chainsaws, but that's mostly because I literally watched it yesterday and I'm still shooketh. Yeah. (laughs) So so I'm sure mine would go higher. Like, I know how important this film is for the horror genre and all. It's, as we've talked about through all the films we've kind of reviewed, that it's the inspiration for a lot of other movies, but it just, (laughs) it makes my tummy hurt. Like, I just. They're supposed to make your tummy hurt. I know that's the problem. So I know it. I know my score should probably be a bit higher, but I'm still, I'm still like, I haven't, I haven't transited, like with Midsummer. Midsummer sat with me for a few days and now I'm like, it's effing amazing. Yeah. And I feel like with this one, I'm still in the like, it's too soon. I can't give you praise just yet. You haunted me. And, but now I'm already like, oh yeah, I kind of want to watch Leatherface the beginning. And I kind of want to watch, you know, the 2003 one again. Oh yeah, this definitely <laughs> made me want to watch the 2003 one just to like, kind of study for lack of a better word the parallels yeah like they pick up a creepy mm-hmm. hitchhiker too but it's a woman and it's a victim who escaped from Leatherface. this definitely made me want to watch yeah. more more texas chainsaw movies exactly which is why i was like okay yeah this is this is definitely a very good film but it's still i'm just kind of like Ooh, i haven't shaken the shaken the chill yet <laughs> i am not surprised that this um traumatized a generation this movie was a wild ride and it was made in 1974 and I'm pretty desensitized and I was still like I was don't put her on the hook no don't put her on the hook don't put her on the hook like (sighs) why um, but it was oh, also really fun, yeah. though, to watch this movie right after watch rewatching Cabin in the Woods because mm. all the archetypes are in this movie. <laughs> the special number five, five people, <laughs> two of which are female. Yes, you have the athlete who is Kirk. Let me pull up my notes to make sure I get the names right. Yeah, you have Kirk is the athlete, Pam is obviously the slut, Sally's the virgin, Franklin's the fool, and Jerry's the scholar. Yes, exactly. Oh, I'm glad you identified everybody. Yeah, uh, okay. I want to start with how over the radio 
well, it starts almost like an episode of Law and Order with the narration that's happening. And we hear about reports of a grave robbing and stuff like that. So I have a very dumb question. Is this Leatherface's family that's doing the grave robbing? I assume so. And I assume that mostly based on the fact that this movie was inspired by the murders of Ed Gein. Or the crimes of Ed uh-huh. Gein, I should say. Um, and also, yeah. I'll get into that a little bit more with the true lore section. But I, I believe that Leatherface's family is the one doing the grave robbings. And that they're using the dead bodies to, like, make all that stuff in their house. I'm assuming that's not all people they have personally killed. That makes a lot of sense. Because at first, I was thinking, like, why would you grave rob? They can't, like, eat them. But I forgot. You're right. You're right. You're right. Because at the dinner scene with Sally, the chairs are, like, made out of, like, yeah, bones and stuff like that. I don't know what kind of bones they were, but... Oh, yeah, there's a lot of dead, like, there's animal bones in that house, but they also make things like, I don't know if you noticed when they were in the dining room, this movie is really good about, like, just showing you creepy things and moving on without acknowledging them or explaining them, mm-hmm. but the dining room mm-hmm. and the the light in the dining room, like, the overhead light, the outside of that light is made out of human skin. Yeah, it was, like, somebody's face. Yeah. Oh, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> no, but it's brilliantly done. Like, this movie does right. that thing where, it, like, we'll just pan over something disturbing and then just move mm-hmm. on. Like, they don't, it's like, we don't need mm-hmm. to talk about it. We don't need to identify what this is. The viewer will catch it or they won't. Mm, I really like that. Yeah. It's a really good point. Oh, I'm still... I'm still shook at <laughs> Yeah. Poor Josh. I made him watch this movie with me. <laughs> what did he think? Uh, I think Josh, that he liked it. But he, <laughs> I think he liked it, but I think that he was also a little like, this movie was made in 1974. That's what my brain kept coming back to. I'm like, wow, this movie was made in 1974. The 70s really were the era of gore. Yeah. And and here's the thing, though. They, exactly like you were saying with, the panning over like subtleties in the background and not calling attention to it. It's okay. Well, not that they don't call attention to it, but same with the murders. Only one person is killed with a chainsaw. Yes. The amount of blood in this, in the film is actually pretty minimal considering everything that happens. Like you don't see, um, Kirk getting dismembered you don't see, I mean, obviously we know what happens to Pam and the meat hook, but we don't see like wounds or injuries or anything. And it's fucking horrifying. That's a really good point. Like, even though there's lots of gore in the sense that we were disturbed and there's violence, you're right. Mm-hmm. It's not like torture porn gore. Right. But it feels like it. Yes. It feels like it to me. And I don't know. We know that Jeanette has a problem with hillbilly inbred cannibal type thing yeah we're gonna watch the hills of eyes next no i'm just kidding no i'm revoking your next pick (laughs) (laughs) i'm so afraid to watch it keeps coming up and i was like fuck i gotta tell julie i haven't seen this yet so we can do it but this just this is what it reminded me of and then i took it a step further remembering exactly like you said how it's 1974 and going Fuck, this is the OG. Yeah. 
It really is. <gasps> and there are so many iconic moments that you can see just that will never be forgotten by the horror community. Like literally she gets mm-hmm. chased. Sally gets chased through a cornfield by Leatherface, like <sighs> swinging the chainsaw. Like that image Every every horror yeah. fan and not horror fan, like every movie watcher mm-hmm. knows that image and might not even necessarily associate it or know what it's from, but they know that mm-hmm. image. Yes. Yes. And and even, I mean, the very ending itself, Leatherface swinging the chainsaw around and everything. It's. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that ending from um, Scream Queens. When uh, oh. the dad slash professor makes all the students watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre because he thinks yes. it's the most perfect movie ever made. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Good callback. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And even, yeah, I, I, I think that there's a couple others that it made me think of. Like the big semi truck racing down the road made me think of Pet Cemetery. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, there's. There's the other film, but like House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, what are some others? I mean, literally Cabin in the Woods, exactly like you said. God, oh, are we talking about movies that were just... inspired by it? I mean, you can argue that the slasher genre as we know it would not be the same without this movie. Yeah, I mean, the archetypes are all of it, all there. It mm-hmm. it basically started um, this whole thing about like sexy coeds. Or, like, on a trip, and then yes. this mysterious killer starts going after them. Like, I, yeah, I, I think that this movie kind of molded the slasher mm-hmm. genre. Because this this even predates Halloween. Halloween didn't come out until 1978. Holy shit. And then all the, the other big ones, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, they all came out in the 80s. Wow. So th- when you say this movie is the OG, you're like, not it exaggerating. Is. It's a <sighs> fucking OG. And you're right. It stands up. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Ooh. I mean, I just, I recently watched, in the last, like, six months, I rewatched the first Friday the 13th, and mm-hmm. it did not stand up the way this movie stood up. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy those ones because I do love me some sexy campers just just kidding yeah 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 i mean i love i love jason Voorhees as a villain but of course he's not in the first one really that much yeah slash jason Voorhees isn't the killer in the first one (laughs) until the very end until the very end (laughs) i mean i guess she wakes up in the hospital but still (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and this one yeah it it completely stands alone it just yuck because then I was remembering again I haven't seen the 2003 I'm probably gonna watch it during the day tomorrow um (laughs) and it it I was remembering different things like like the meat hook scene I remember that happening to a different character in the 2003 and just like the blood and amping it up and the fact that this one accomplishes that same tone in such minimal Minimal, artful, I don't know the word I'm trying to think of, but. I mean, I would agree it's both of those things. It's both minimal while also being over the top. (laughs) And I don't know how it accomplishes that, but it does. And it's artful. It's a beautifully shot movie. Yeah. That scene where um, uh, we get Pam and her little red shorts, little booty walk up to the house, but the camera pans (laughs) underneath the swing and it's in the middle of the day. And it's yeah. just like beautiful old Texas house and no, it's just death inside. Death. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 
No, and I oh. uh, I will give Pam credit where credit is due. She she did a really good flail trying to get away from him. So do you just want to go through all the deaths? Yeah. So let's start though with picking up the hitchhiker because. Yes. Good call. Um, most disturbing hitchhiker ever? Question mark. Yeah. Question mark. <laughs> um, why did we not stop the car sooner? <laughs> because we're polite. <laughs> it's like you're not wrong, but I also am really mad that the guy like cut his hand open and the fucking driver Jerry didn't pull over. Yeah. Well, Jerry, Jerry just seemed completely oblivious throughout the whole movie. Like he was I think the scholar maybe is almost always the most underdeveloped character <laughs> because he had no he was the most underdeveloped in this movie too. You're that is right, the one yeah. thing. That is where this movie loses the point for me is that I have no idea who these characters are. Exactly. <laughs> I'm I, like I are I they agree. students? Do they have jobs? <laughs> How do yeah, they all know and, each and- other? In a good way, it I forgot to look at the runtime, but in a good way, it picks up so fast, which I like. I don't like True. waiting 40 minutes to build character development and not be scared. This movie keeps me on the edge of my seat from pretty much when that hitchhiker joins to the end. And, but I don't, you're right, I don't know much about the characters. Even Franklin, he's the most interesting, I feel. Um, but even Sally, like, I feel bad, I... I, 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 I don't know if I like her as a final girl. I just don't know anything about her. So I can't yeah, root for her. I think the only thing that made me root for Sally is the phenomenal acting. <sighs> yeah. I mean, yeah. when she's at the dining room table and she's just screaming and like they zoom in on her eyes, like rolling around in her head. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like, I feel this, her terror at that point is feral. Mm. Like she's not, she, her lizard brain has taken over and mm-hmm. she's just terror. That is yeah. the only emotion that she has in her body at that point, And I fucking felt it. Uh, you're right. Mm-hmm. But going back to the hitchhiker, I feel like I would have kicked him out of the van the minute he started showing me pictures of dead cattle. Yeah. <laughs> He's he like, my the- family's always been in meat. <laughs> oh, what the God, fuck? No. No, red flag. Like, oh. red flag. He got it in hand of them a bouquet of red flags. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> and they were still kind of like, okay. Like, yeah, maybe these this. are roses. I haven't looked at them closely <laughs> enough. <laughs> and then, yeah, the Polaroids, he cuts himself and they're just kind of like, okay, give us, give us the knife back. And then he's like, well, I've got another knife. And then, okay, maybe put that one away. I'm like, maybe stop the fucking car and he can just get out. He tells you oh, that he lives 70s. on the road. <sighs> you have to, I think this is pre-Ted Bundy. Like, you got to remember that. People weren't scared like they are now. They didn't have any self-preservation in the 70s. Fuck. Yeah. I, because that was, that was one of the things I, well, we'll get to my law, but I wrote like, don't do this. And then I was like, it's 2020. I was like, but it's not. It's 1974. (laughs) Okay. So they do finally kick his ass out and he marks up the van i thought he was just smearing it with blood in a really creepy way they get to the gas station who it turns out that's daddy's gas station and he i i i'm assuming well, I don't two think, things is he okay. their dad i i that what fam familiar relationship wasn't clear to me um i'm going to just assume so because they kept talking about grandpa 
So I was going to assume that he was the intermediary. And then I think in future Texas Chainsaws, it's a family business. Yes. I but agree. you're right. It's not. It's not exactly clear. The only clear one is is uh, the hitchhiker's Leatherface's brother. Yeah, and then of course the uh, what I thought was a dead body <laughs> is a living grandpa. But we'll get to that. Fucking Nosferatu. <laughs> the creepy at the creepy gas station. Did you notice that the there? You know how they had that little barbecue restaurant in there? Oh no. Did no. you catch the barbecue restaurant's name? No. It was called We Slaughter. Wait, like W-E Slaughter? W-E. Oh, yeah, say- yeah, We Slaughter. Sorry, I thought you were spelling Slaughter. I'm like, that's not even remotely how you spell <laughs> Jeanette, Slaughter. Jeanette, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't know if you were saying called- like, We or like, We. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no, We. It was I called didn't. like, We, like, we slaughter and it was called we slaughter barbecue i like had to pause it and say i'm like is that does that sign say we slaughter oh yuck no i would never eat at a place (laughs) fuck no oh my gosh i'm so excited for my film facts though oh okay but i did not catch that yeah okay don't stop there so okay i'm assuming okay i have two questions I'm assuming the dad is, or whatever who he is, the gas station attendant, he is lying about them being out of gas? I think so. Okay. I think so as well. And then I didn't know if it was because of the mark on the car. I also think so. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. Ugh, creepy. Because it turned out, I thought he was just like, you know, like wiping his bloody hand on it. And then it seemed to be some sort of marking, which I wasn't clear about, but then they cut from that to the weird bony wind chimey thing. And I guess they match, but yeah. Yeah. That's where this movie, but this is what you want. You're always complaining that directors and writers don't respect their readers and viewers enough (laughs) and that they question our intelligence. Mm -hmm. This is what you want. (laughs) (laughs) This is what you're always asking for. No, it's true. And then when I get it, I'm like, but hang on, clarification. But I have clar- questions. <laughs> I want to follow up on that. <laughs> just take what they give you and be happy. I'm just going to make a hazard a wild guess at Josh's favorite scene in this movie was when the girls were getting sodas from the vending machine. <laughs> and like, it did like the camera was like angled downwards. Like, oh, yeah. Angled upwards at their booties. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's rated R for camera angles. <laughs> Because it's not for blood. No. <laughs> and then we all, yeah, no one wears a bra. Like. No. No, can't, can't have that in horror. Can't. No. <laughs> That's how you know you're in a horror movie. If you're out and about and you're not wearing your bra. Oh, Chances no. Are. I'm in trouble. I don't wear bras in summer either. Who wears What's bras cause... in summer? That's because you are like inviting horror into your life. I'm just like, hello, serial killers. I'm not wearing a bra. Yeah. Oh, this path that's not on any any hiking trail. I think I'll go this way. <laughs> oh no, I've tripped. And then I just like lay in the middle of the trail. Is anybody like, gonna try to murder me? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> It's kind of cold and itchy down here. <laughs> uh, did you notice, though, after they got the barbecue, 
that they use the knife that the hitchhiker used to cut himself to cut their barbecue. No, what the fuck? Yeah, because Franklin is like looking at his little pocket knife and he's like, is that the hitchhiker's blood on this? Or, you know, whatever. He doesn't say that. Yeah. But he's like, he's like showing it to um Kirk and he's like, uh-huh. Kirk, look, look, is that blood? And Kirk's like, I don't know, maybe. And oh. like, and then like Sally's like, hey, give me your knife. And he hands her that knife and she uses it. I'm like, oh, oh the no, 70s. No, no. no. <laughs> You don't be doing that. No, the no. 70s were dirty. <laughs> well, and with the whole pandemic going on right now, it's ruining certain movies for me. What were we watching the other day? I don't know if it was the Jurassic Parks. We were watching something, and I just couldn't help but be like, Corona. No, we can't do that anymore. Nope, we wouldn't be doing that. Nope, too close. Like, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> oh, okay, so then... Kirk, let's go into the desk because they we just they just happen really fast. Yeah, they get to the Volkswagen graveyard. <laughs> oh, yep. And we start with Kirk, our athlete. Yeah, he gets a hammer to the fucking head, but it doesn't work. And it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. Like I was a little like, oh, okay, oh, we're God, starting. It's so yeah, it's so jarring. It's just like the uh, the hitchhiker described working at the slaughterhouse. I sort of tuned it out because I don't like hearing about stuff like that with animals, even though I'm not a vegetarian. Sure. And he talks about how, though, they would they would hit him over the head. And sometimes if it didn't work the first time, you'd have to do it again. And that's mm-hmm. what happens with Kirk. He's hit in the head and then his body just starts like convulsing and writhing and... Oh. Which is just, I think that's another thing that makes this movie so disturbing and why it holds up. I feel like people used to be, filmmakers, Mm -hmm. used to be scared to show things like that. Like, there would always be somebody gets punched in the face and they're just immediately knocked unconscious. Mm -hmm. Like, there was definitely, like, a ebb to the violence. Mm -hmm. And this, but when he gets in the head and he's laying on the ground twitching, that's fucking disturbing. Yes, as opposed to just going down and being done. Exactly. Oh. Um, so, but are we going to acknowledge that Leatherface double tapped? Or yes, no? We Do we not? <laughs> we have to. We have to. He did. He followed the law of horror. He he double tapped and he, he... I don't think he ever dropped his fucking weapon. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, there's Kirk. Oh, and... And yeah, when when you're when th- that happens, there's there's not really too much sound either. I mean, I know there's like the kicking of his feet as he's like flailing, but yeah. but Pam has no reason not to go inside the house and try to find him. It's not like Pam run, like she doesn't know to run. Pam was in a very difficult situation because it's like you're in a strange place, and even if he had screamed and Laura mm-hmm. like hollered like no or you know whatever. Does she then run in to save him? Right. You know, so she was in a she was in a tough position. Uh, I like that you pointed out, though, that there's not really a whole lot of noise other than the kicking of his feet, because that reminded me that I find the Texas Chainsaw noise that that noise that they make at the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. So distressing. They do 
fantastic things with sound. And I, I didn't have this as a film fact, but I thought I read somewhere that they didn't have, um, like a ton of options for sound. So they really relied on animal noises, chainsaw, like very, which is so much more disturbing than any music in the world. Oh, yep. 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 Yeah. Whereas like, like if I hear, for example, the Halloween theme, it's literally the ringtone on my phone. Like if I hear that, like it just, it just is fun to me. Like yes. I hear it, I'm like, ooh, what are we doing? Like this is a good time. But like the Texas Chainsaw noise is not fun to me. Mm-mm. 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 <laughs> it's fascinating how, because I would put these in similar boats. You have Texas Chainsaw with Leatherface. You have Halloween with Mike Myers. You have Friday the 13th with Jason Voorhees. They evoke different things. It's not all the same. Like you said, it's a slasher genre. But Halloween's fun. Friday the 13th yeah. is just kind of like uh, maybe a little silly fun. And Texas Chainsaw is not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. It is. <laughs> yes. It is. That's such a good. And like, fri- like Friday the 13th is silly fun. And Nightmare on Elm Street is kind of funny. Like yeah. Freddy makes jokes. Yes. And like, so it, like it, the dream thing is scary. Like I definitely terrifying. Freddy's the, the one I don't want to fuck with. Yep. <laughs> but like. He's like he cracks jokes and he's kind of a perv and you know mm-hmm. like it's funny. Mm-hmm. This is Leatherface isn't funny to me. <laughs> yeah, and and one of the things is also that Leatherface is human, to my understanding. Yeah. I know that there are other movies I haven't seen all of them, but Freddy Krueger is supernatural. Jason Voorhees and Mike Myers have this super not superhero, superhuman-esque thing where they they just can't fucking die. But Leatherface is human, is is like the ghost face in that he's a human being under there and he still gets you. Yeah, that's a very good point. And it also is like, he, this could be real, you know? Yeah. 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 You could find yourself out in the middle of nowhere and what you gonna do? Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. No. So then poor Pam does decide <sighs> poor Pam. to try to find out what's going on. Few choices. I would probably have gone in the house too. Like, what else are you gonna do? I would too. I would never let your ass go in there. Yeah. Uh but yeah. So I mean if I was um, Kirk, I never would have gone in the house in the first place. Like, who just, you don't just walk into somebody's fucking house. Especially if no one's answering. I mean, I guess he hears pig squealing, which is Leatherface. But that's I would not be a... less likely to go in the house if I heard pig squealing. Exactly. There's exactly. nothing good happening in no, there. No, <laughs> that doesn't need anything to warrant going in. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. But, but yeah, if you went in there, of course I'm not going to leave and be like, I'm going to go get the rest of the crew or I'm, no, like, I'm going to go in and say, hey, where'd you go? And then that's when Leatherface bursts out, chases her, grabs her. Well, and she has to, she gets some time to explore the house first. Oh, yeah. She gets some other red flags. And find, like, the bone room. The ground is covered in feathers. What yeah. the fuck? And there's, like, a bone thrown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. If I walked into that room and saw all that shit, I'd be like, Kirk, you're on your own. (laughs) (laughs) 
I gotta <laughs> go. Six wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of a douche. <laughs> You're kind of a douche. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And at first when it starts, because the chicken was in there, I was like, does she get that this is human bones? Because I know the movie I'm watching and I know these are human bones and she gets it real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Pam might have been, she might have been fulfilling the slut category, but she wasn't stupid. No. She figured it out. She was just like, but you could tell. That's the other thing I really like about the acting in this movie Mm -hmm. is that you can, you could almost see it in her face like this warring between her lizard brain like her fight and flight Mm -hmm. instinct and like her logical like pro-social brain being like you're not seeing what you think you're seeing like that part of your brain that gaslights you into being like no you're safe this is don't be irrational don't be crazy don't overreact you're fine it's not what you think and like i feel like you could see that war going on inside pam Okay, so, so, so Pam, she gets, she get Leatherface grabs her, like you said, the porch scene. She's struggling and doing everything she can to get away. She doesn't, oh no, hell, like she's a fucking fighter. I would have loved to have seen what she could do, but she just doesn't, yeah. she doesn't fucking last long. And no. Then, and then he, he hangs her on a meat hook. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't even want to think about it too much. I can't. I just I don't wanna oh, oh no, 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 she no, no. might not have okay, following the cabin in the woods rules, she uh-huh. didn't die first, but she definitely died the worst. Right? No matter okay, so here's where I get confused. So I thought I read when I was doing just like the summary and then editing it down. So when Jerry comes because he's like, where the fuck are our two, you know, horny friends here? And yeah. he goes They were going to the, the swimming hole. <laughs> the swimming hole that doesn't exist because global warming. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that didn't exist in the 70s. He opens the freezer. And I think somebody, I thought I read somewhere that that's supposed to be Pam. Yeah, that's Pam. She's still alive. Okay. I didn't, I, I. My my brain gaslit me and was like, you don't know this person. It's okay. You can't care what happens to them because you don't know them. <laughs> you don't know who they are. That's just you- a strange... No, <laughs> I took that as, like, she's horribly maimed. And oh. then he just put her in the fucking freezer. So she's maimed and she's, like, slowly freezing to death. Uh-huh. And then he opens the freezer and she just kind of, like, flails out. But she's not, like... Like, she's dying. Like she's, Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. That, that's why her death is the fucking worst. Like not not only does she get hurt the most, but she's the only one that dies slow. Yes. The guys, I mean, it's still horrible, but the guys go quickly. Yeah. Even Jerry, so Jerry discovers Pam's well, it's her body, but she's still in it. She's still alive. And mm-hmm. and Leatherface is right there. I can't remember what he uses. Is it a hammer again or is it a knife? It's a hammer. Both um, Ooh. both Kirk and Jerry got killed with a hammer. Yeah. But at least Jerry seems to happen in no time. There's... Yeah. Jerry got that good hit. He got the good hit. Whew. Yeah. So then Jerry's gone. And... Yeah. And then we have Sally and Franklin sitting in the van, honking the horn over and over again, which I'm like, I'm trying to be sympathetic. There are no cell phones. What else do you do? But I'm also like, clearly if your friends could come back, they would have come back by now. Like, what do they think their friends are doing? But I mean, also, what are they supposed to do? I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. (laughs) I know. And and Franklin's character too. Franklin's character is extremely whiny. Um, The actor, 
reportedly is a method actor, so he actually didn't get along with anyone on the set because they didn't realize that he was acting as his character even when cut was called oh so I, that, he sounds like the worst i, I feel like you should <laughs> that would make me so mad i'd be like what a dick yeah <laughs> like maybe tell people that's what you're doing so they they can leave you to do your own thing but <laughs> did you ever see um the it's a i think it's quentin tarantino's newest movie once upon a time in hollywood yes okay the scene where um leonardo dicaprio's character is talking to that little girl and she tells him her name, and he's like, oh, no, that's your character's name. Like, what's your name? And she goes, I prefer to be called by my character's name when I'm on set. Like, you just, <laughs> just got to tell people. <laughs> so, but yeah, so Franklin is just like, he's refusing to, uh, and obviously he's a paraplegic. He's in a wheelchair. He's refusing to give her the flashlight, and they're fighting over it. I thought it was going to break. They were going to, like, smack it against the thing. and yeah. I don't know. He just, uh, he he had a point where he was like, what if they come back and we're not here? Yeah. But then he also insists on going in the dark through the woods. Well, he just doesn't want to split up. Yeah. I sympathize with that. Don't fucking split up. (laughs) And so they're going through the woods heading towards, they don't realize it, I believe, but they're like heading towards the house and fucking Leatherface jumps out of nowhere. (laughs) Franklin. You're changing. That was my scene time noise. I might need a minute. No. Just remember, like, as I was, like, halfway through it, I was like, why are you doing this, Jeanette? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it wasn't necessary. You could just. (laughs) Oh, dear. That was my favorite. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut out your chainsaw noise and that is now how we start every episode. No context. No. Um so yeah, so Franklin is the one and only death by chainsaw. Yeah. But you don't you don't you see it but you don't. You're you're from Sally's uh point of view and so you're just looking at Franklin's back in the chair and obviously Leatherface is in front of Franklin and there's like some blood splatter, but there's not a ton. And, but it's still, it's fucking horrifying. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still recovering from the chainsaw. Noise. No! <laughs> but I love that we made it through, or I just find it interesting that we made it through half of the movie Mm-hmm. With nobody getting chainsawed when this mm-hmm. movie is called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, Sally gets chased through the field because she has the wherewithal to run. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she chase and she she does a good run. Like she run- she doesn't do a lot of tripping and falling. Yeah. She's running fast. Yeah. You know, like she does at one point. I think it's after she gets out of the house the first time mm-hmm. where she um runs straight into a branch. <laughs> but but I I'm like I I understand that you didn't see that branch there like that's not, that's not you tripping over nothing like. yeah yeah and she yeah you're right she's running full tilt and actually the actor um Gunner had to slow down and that's why you see him sort of chainsawing at brambles as reasons to slow himself down because he's he's six four and I think they put him in three inch platform shoes. 
to make him like even taller. So he did they make him run faster? That that, I'm amazed he could run in something that would I imagine that would throw off your gait, but he could catch up to her real fast. So he had to sort of I think that's where that whole lumbering thing and and stuff like that kind of came into play was to also slow himself down otherwise i mean i'm gonna be honest he was very close to her and my anxiety was not into it Ooh, yeah yeah he was like like he was just that that chainsaw only was only missing her by a couple inches there uh-huh exactly Ooh. yeah so she makes it back to the gas station where we think <laughs> we think it's safe safe yeah. zone <laughs> uh my worst nightmare aka like this is just oh you know and this happens in probably the majority of horror movies there is a moment where you think you're safe and then you're Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. and so like i should be desensitized to it but it still upsets me every time yeah (laughs) it gets me every time it's the worst it's where i would scream at her in the theater i'd be like yeah sally no but she has no reason to think otherwise. If you or me were in that situation, you'd think you were safe. Absolutely. It would never occur to me that the whole town is in on it, which I mean, oh. obviously the whole town isn't. It's just a weird coincidence that the one gas station attendant. Yeah. That, who's also like such a goddamn sadist. I mean, obviously oh. they're all sadists. The whole family are sadists. But so he gets her, he, he like beats her with a broom, which looked so uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, it, on the one hand, it's kind of silly, but on the other hand, I'm like, that broom would fucking hurt. Yeah. That was the one where I was like, kick him in the balls! Like, it's a fucking broom! But I have no idea. I mean, she's been through fucking hell. Well, and she, it's not like she's ever been in a fight before. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. No, but so he gets her and he bags her up and he puts her in the truck and he's just repeatedly poking her with the broken broom handle. <sighs> it? Like, she... It's so upsetting. I'm like, she's mm-hmm. already, like, in the, like, she's already trapped in there, and you're just jabbing her with this broom handle? Fuck you. Oh, yeah. This, all the way through to when she escapes, is the most uncomfortable for me. And I don't know if it's from a point of view where, because she's a woman, and you have these three creepy-ass fucking cannibal... Oh, that's definitely part of it. I just, it makes me think of, it's so, it's so upsetting. It is so upsetting. Yeah. I don't no, think there's, just, there's nothing dated about it. It, it. it's horrible. Well, it stands up today because life has not gotten that much better for women. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, exactly. so that's still. I And then there's also something about, um, there's something that I find particularly upsetting when you have one person who's at the mercy of a group of people and the group of people are taking pleasure in hurting that person, mm-hmm. there's something so powerless about that. Mm-hmm. And I find that particularly disturbing. Yeah. And she goes through the different, she pleads, she fights, she, mm-hmm. she never quite gives in. I don't think there could be like no. a scene or two where she just like, you know, doesn't fight. She never gives much. up. Yeah. Yeah, she fights till the end. She definitely gives into her terror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe the scene that I found the most distressing after the putting Pam on the hook is when they carry Grandpa down and cut her finger and put her finger in Grandpa's mouth and he starts sucking on it. Mm-hmm. I nope. I think for me, it's the dinner seat. Grandpa. I okay. This was where it was like a little dated for me. Like, grand. Yeah, yeah. I thought Grandpa was dead. He's not dead. 
And then when he's like sucking on her finger, I was just kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Like it took me out of it just mm-hmm. enough in a good way because I needed oh, a break. Okay. <laughs> I needed a break. I watched I watched the um, the the 40th anniversary remastered edition on Amazon and it was like, watch for free with ads. And I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, me too. Because the <laughs> ads. Like, thank God. <laughs> give you a break yeah and so with this one i just was like is grandpa a vampire like he looks like dracula and then he's like sucking and i don't think blood is all that nutritious so i don't i don't know what that was i don't know i just took it with like he just enjoys the taste of blood because he's a cannibal and i i find i found that scene i understand what you're saying like with the nosferatu thing yeah (laughs) And I think this was probably the writer slash director's goal. I mm-hmm. found it so repulsive. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, it doesn't have to make sense because I'm so disgusted right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, minimal amount of blood. Yeah. M- you know, it, it. it's just what's happening and you have to deal with it. And they're not mm-hmm. going to explain it. Ugh. And just like, in those scenes, I always take a moment where I'm like, Imagine if you're Sally and that is happening to you. Because Sally is probably thinking the same thing you're thinking, not necessarily with the vampire thing. Mm -hmm. Or maybe she is. Who Uh. the fuck knows? (laughs) But she's probably just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. I mean, the escalation is just unreal. He's like, oh, like, we'll take you. We'll all serve you dinner. I was like, don't eat it. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. And then I realized as they're like dragging her over to fucking bash her brains in over a bucket. Like, she didn't even eat, thank God. But it's just this weird thing of, like, hospitality, but then, oh, yeah, let's get Grandpa. And then, oh, yeah, now we're actually going to physically harm you. And then now we're going to kill you. And, ugh. Oh, the serving her dinner, they're just fucking with her at that point. Because they didn't even untie her hands. So it's not like she could have eaten even if she had wanted to. Yeah. So at that point, they're just partaking in some, like, psychological torture. Ugh, it's so uncomfortable. And, and... As you said, the gas station, he's poking her with the end of the broom. And then at the table, he goes, well, I take no pleasure in killing. You know, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. That's what the fuck. Him. But no. Torturing somebody. I mean, to me, that's almost fucking worse. In a right? way, Leatherface. Well, I don't know if I can actually extrapolate this, but he puts people out of their misery by killing them and ending their suffering. He enjoys the suffering. Yeah, that's a very good point. Like, I don't want to give Leatherface too much credit, but it's right. like... He's not a good guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Definitely not the hero of the story. But, like, there is definitely a difference between I I like to torture people mm-hmm. and, like, I'm just going to kill this person. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily a better difference. Right. But I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily that, say that one is better than the other. And he was trying to act all morally superior. I take no pleasure in the killing. I'm like, yeah. okay, so you can torture and deliver them to be killed, but mm-hmm. you can't actually bring yourself to swing the hammer? Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. You're such a yeah. good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ned Stark yeah. would have things to say to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then they drag her over, and that scene is so hard to watch when they're holding over the bucket, and she's just screaming and writhing, and Grandpa doesn't have the strength to hold the hammer. It's and so then, long. And they're just cheering him. It's so long, and they're cheering him on. They're like, kill her, Grandpa, kill her. And I'm like, she is just struggling for her life, and she's got four men. Mm-hmm. I guess three if you don't count, like, feeble Grandpa. Right. But she's got 
four men who are taking pleasure in harming her mm-hmm. and, and like chanting for her to be killed. Yep. Yep. It makes I me just... it makes me sick to my stomach. Oh my god, it's so hard to watch. Mhm. Yep. But, but she does manage to break free yep. and jump out another window. I know. She's so good at jumping out windows. I know. She's like twice. Who else did? Sydney Prescott jumped out a window, didn't she? Yes, she did. Who am I yes, thinking she of? Did. Yes. Final <laughs> girls jump out windows. <laughs> and so then she makes it to the road. Uh, it's it's once again broad daylight. Like she ran for her life and fought for her life all through the night. Yes, all through the fucking night. <laughs> and this poor this poor trucker stops and tries to save her. <laughs> okay, we gotta, we gotta talk about this trucker. I need to know what happened to the trucker. <laughs> I'm hoping he just ran all the way to the next town. No good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, because this poor, like, truck, like, pick, not not pickup truck, Um, this poor, like, semi-truck driver stops, tries to help her. And they can't, they manage to not be able to get away in the semi-truck. So they're just running circles around the semi-truck. The trucker fucking gets a wrench and clocks it and hits Leatherface in the face, which was Mm -hmm. very satisfying. Yep. Yep. (laughs) He like intentionally reaches down and grabs a weapon like you do. (sighs) (laughs) And then a pickup truck driver like kind of pulls a Yui and lets um, Sally jump in the back of his pickup truck. Yeah. And drives away with her. Which, can you imagine being that pickup truck driver? (laughs) What are you thinking the whole time? You're just like, Jesus Christ. I don't know. And it's so trippy, too, because... Okay, wait. The hitchhiker... Yeah. Okay. So the hitchhiker in the beginning, the brother, he has blood on his face, or is that a birthmark? I think that's a birthmark. Oh, okay. I couldn't couldn't quite tell. Um... The resolution on my TV is kind of my... So I thought it was blood. And then, so then part of me was like, why the fuck are you picking up a hitchhiker who has blood on them? But then I'm I'm begging the pickup driver to do that with Sally. You know, it's like, pick her up. And... Yeah, please stop. She's clearly in distress. (laughs) And as they're driving away, she starts manically laughing. My fucking hero, man. I love that. What the fuck is going to happen to Sally? Oh, Sally's broken. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh my God. <laughs> I want her to be okay, but she's not okay. Me too. It's like, I'm so glad she gets away. But then now we take it that step further. It's like, oh, but honey, your life is over. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. And then we just have Leatherface. Uh, the movie ends with Leatherface like dancing with the chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wild. Fuck. And then it just ends. That's all you get. Done. Yeah. Boom. Whew. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm was... like, I wish I had like a heart monitor right now because I still feel like I just like relived it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the law that you would enact from the film? When in doubt, jump through a window. Oh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> it's a little silly, but you know. <laughs> Mine is don't pick up hitchhikers. Before we jump into film facts, I just want to say that I'm a little grossed out that you described your film facts as kind of beefy. Oh, God. I didn't even Stop. think of that. I didn't even <laughs> think of that. I just wanted to emphasize like, oh, Jeanette only has nine. And it's like, no, but they're kind of like, they're kind of long. <laughs> 
I, I'm excited to hear the film facts about this movie. I bet this movie has some interesting ones. So I'm oh, ready. Tell me Yes, the film no, facts. there's something really good about older films. They just, oh, there's so much more to them. Okay, so let's just jump right in. Uh, number one, Hooper was a newbie director. Are you serious? Yes, I was floored by that. The inspiration for him, because he's, he's one of the writers as well, to come up with this was Christmas shopping crowds. <laughs> so he, what? he he reported uh there were these big christmas crowds i was frustrated and i found myself near a display rack of chainsaws i just kind of zoned in on it i did a rack focus to the saws and thought i know a way i could get through this crowd real quickly i went home sat down all the channels just tuned in the zeitgeist blew through and the whole damn story came to me in what seemed like 30 seconds the hitchhiker the older brother at the gas station oh i should read my own damn film facts um the girl escaping twice the dinner sequence people out in the country out of gas Ugh. dang yeah and then there's another one uh, that he says this film is an allegory for the Vietnam War. So he said, the Hooper, the director, I was reacting to life around me as I knew it, uh, said Hooper of the message behind the movie, which proved somewhat prophetic. The film was, to me, a part of what I felt like we were moving into in the future. An example of that is that in the van, the news is on the radio a couple of times, and the news has these horrible stories on it about things like an office building in Atlanta collapsing. These things really weren't happening in the 70s, but now they are, about three or four times a day. So it was a reflection about my feelings about the political environment, especially here in Austin, where I had a beard and sandals. It was coming from a part of my reality. I like that because that's, I mean, it's more than three or four times a day now. It's yeah. Oh, horrible. definitely. Um, the movie was marketed as a true story, but it's not. And I know you're going to talk about the Ed Gein. Gein, yeah. Gein um, influences. Uh, the working title was actually Head Cheese. As, Ew. As, I know. Ew. I know. Then it was called Leatherface, and then a week before they started shooting, they gave it Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then the most fucked up thing that I really couldn't. Oh, he wanted a PG rating because PG thirteen <laughs> doesn't exist at this time until Indiana Jones uh, Temple of Doom. So he reduced the amount of on-screen blood, thinking that would help, but he still ended up with an R rating. Yeah, appropriately so. Imagine this as a PG movie. No. He wanted Not it even to now. have a bigger audience. <laughs> exactly. He wanted it to have a bigger audience and it's just like no, you gotta you gotta warn people. Like they, they you gotta let people know before their ten year olds go see this movie. Oh my god, how this would f you up! I would love to hear people's first time reactions of watching this when they were younger. I should ask my yeah. dad if he's seen this. Um, all right, film fact number five. The shoot itself was excruciating um, because it was shot in the middle of Texas summer where it's at least 100 degrees up to 115 degrees every single day of shooting. So we're talking about heat, people overheating, 
odors because people are having to wear the same costumes. And this is going on seven days a week with 16 hour days. You know, I will say that was something I said to Josh as we were watching the movie mm-hmm. was that I feel hot just watching this movie. Uh-huh. Yes. Like, you could tell that it was fucking hot. Oh, yeah. The colors, everything about it. Just, ugh. No water yeah. and olive oil for sweating this one. It was all real. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for you to be like, it was actually 55 degrees in Texas when they filmed <laughs> nope. this movie. Nope, nope. The coolest Dang. it got at night was 80 degrees. Oh, yeah. Gross. No and they yeah, got no air conditioning on some of these in some of these houses. And yeah, when you add in, I mean, even me just recording this podcast, I isolate a corner of my um, craft room office off with a sheet behind me and it gets hot because I've got my laptop, the microphone, everything. And it just it gets really warm. Could you imagine yeah. filming in that? Um no. Ugh. The budget itself was $60,000, so even back then it wasn't a lot. So that's where Hooper just kind of was like, this is my chance. We're going to really we're going to really do this. According and to And they fucking did it. They did it. Oh. According to John Larroquette, um he is the one who does the opening narration. His payment for doing this was a marijuana joint. <laughs> and the 70s the 70s and then the hitchhiker the actor who played the hitchhiker brother said that filming that scene where he's in the van was the worst time of my life and i had been in vietnam with people trying to kill me so i guess that shows how bad it was so i think there was a lot of disgruntlement with the actors but again it produced such a fantastic product. I feel bad, but only a little bit. So were they mad about the, the temperature? Like they were just so uncomfortable? Conditions. Yeah. Just, okay. just the conditions. And then I'll talk a little bit about um, the actress who plays Sally. So uh, film fact number six is about Leatherface. Oh, fuck. I forgot about this fact. Ugh. This was inspired by someone Hooper really knew. A doctor who told him that once he went to the morgue as a pre-med student and skinned a cadaver to make a Halloween mask. What um, the... I would like for that doctor to be reported. Yeah. Um, yeah. That has to be the violation of some something, some oath. Of all things, all the oaths. All oh things? my God. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I don't, I don't like that. And I, no. I don't want that doctor to have a license. Because uh-huh, it makes <laughs> that, you wonder what else that doctor did. Wow. Oh boy. Wow. Because that was something he felt comfortable sharing. I think that's the most disturbing thing yeah. is that he thought this was like a cute anecdote. Oh God. It's just Ew. horrific. Um, Ew. And so from that, Leatherface has, um, I think you see about three shots of him with, there there are three different masks that he wears in the film, and they did that so that it would fit each of his moods. Hmm. Um, Also inspired by real mental patients, so they did visit an Austin mental hospital just to try to figure out other ways of incorporating expression um, besides facial expression because they purposely intended Leatherface to be uneducated and, and almost mute. And so, and then his face is covered up, it really only leaves body language to convey that character and so that's where they visited and then as we uh, also talked about the fact that the monster is a man 
and that he thought what was really going to resonate was that this is a family torturing themselves as much as the victims versus faceless killers. Mm. This is very Mm -hmm. discomforting. Um, All right, number seven is all about our final girl. So Marilyn Burns, who plays Sally, was really terrified. The five-ish minute taunting scene actually took about 27 hours to shoot. And the actress said, oh yeah, she was on the verge of mental collapse. And so this one, I can't tell how I feel about this film fact. So... All right, well, let me tell you the little one, and I'll tell you the big one. Also, when she ran through the undergrowth, the branches cut her really badly, so the blood on her clothes was actually her own for for what? part of the film. Um, because she really did get oh, injured. Oh, I don't this, like this. Oh, wait, wait for the next one. Okay, so the scene where Sally's finger is cut. The way they do that is it's a knife blade that was dulled with a piece of tape and then it's connected to a pump that will, like, you you squeeze it and the tube pushes the fake blood out. So Mm -hmm. Gunnar Hansen intentionally removed the tape in order to cut Sally on purpose to get (gasps) the shoot over with because it had been so long. And I can't tell if that is, like, the most fucked up violation or I don't know Sally's position, not Sally, the actress's Marilyn's position on this. If this was, like, just fucking do it so we can be done. I'm, I'm guessing since they said that Gunner intentionally took off the tape, that this was non-consensual. Yeah. That I, dang, oh, this is. Now I'm having flashbacks to, like, um, a film fact that I just happen to know from The Birds, the Hitchcock mm-hmm. film, The Birds, uh-huh. where he was, like, so abusive to, I think her name is Tippi, Tippi Hendren, um, that, that he was so abusive to her that he would, like, just throw things at her on set. Oh, my God. I'm like, this is just, this is just, like, about how women in Hollywood used uh-huh. to be treated. Yes. Yes. Like, this is unacceptable. Like, it'd be, it'd be something else if she... It'd be different if uh, Marilyn Burns was like, yes, cut my finger because I want it to be real. Mm-hmm. Like, that would mm-hmm. be weird, but that would be consensual. Right. Or if, like, a mistake is... happened, like um, in Django Unchained with Leonardo DiCaprio, when he breaks that glass, he really does cut his hand. And he just yeah. kept acting. And that's different, like, because I'm sure that if he was like, I cut my hand, I want to stop, mm-hmm. they would have cut. Yeah. Yeah versus ugh, and yeah and then i mean to me it's also kind of disgusting because i would imagine hand i just i view it as selfish i think i do because there was some other complaints he had about the fact that his costume was wool and he's wearing a mask and in order to achieve that scene at night they had to use blackout curtains which actually heated up the the set even more and it's just kind of like fuck you you don't get to do that to somebody if you're uncomfortable yeah, he put his own comfort above her own. Yeah. This just goes, Oof. I mean, I feel like we could probably find a hundred of these stories about how, uh-huh. because so much of the horror genre, this is why it's a white male dominated genre. Uh-huh. Because so much of the horror genre is about violence to, towards women. Yep. And then women have also been abused on the sets. Yep. In order to obtain those great horror movies uh-huh. like this now 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 i feel almost gross praising marilyn's performance and how terrified she was because some of that terror was genuine and she really was being mm. abused 
Yeah. I it's That's upsetting. I, I would be fast I, I mean, you know what? Fascinating isn't the right word. I wonder what is going through a director's mind when they do well, and I guess this is Hansen, but but what, and then when they do things like that, thinking they need to do this to an actor in order to generate the response they want. Like in Psycho, to bring up another Hitchcock. Um, when she screams in the shower, they turn the water on her cold in order to oh. jar that reaction. It's like Hitchcock was a fucking misogynist, oh, so yeah. he hated women. Fucking hell. And so it's yeah. like, did you just, did she scream and it just didn't sound genuine? So you felt like you needed to do this or, yeah. Okay. Sorry. So let me just wrap up with the last two. A little lighter. Um, as we talked about, this film is the OG. It's so influential. So I just picked three quotes. Uh, Ridley Scott, who did Alien, said this is uh, only a few, one of the few really, really great movies Wes Craven says it's one of his top five favorite movies. And uh, Rob Zombie said he emulated it both subconsciously with House of a Thousand Corpses, then did so intentionally with The Devil's Rejects. That's cool. And then the last fact, because I know you're hungry after you watch a movie like this, is (laughs) you can, in fact, visit the Sawyer family house It is now operated as the Junction House Restaurant on the grounds of the Antlers Hotel Complex located at 1010 King Street in Kingsland, Texas. Okay. There you go. So this movie um, was apparently inspired by the crimes of Ed Gein. Mm -hmm. And I've got... So I I knew that. I had heard that before. But I have like kind of an embarrassing confession to make Hmm. uh, that... I had confused Ed Gein with Ed Kemper. So who's Ed Kemper? He's the co-ed killer. Um, He like kidnapped young women. Uh, He kidnapped, murdered and raped young women in the seventies in that order. Wait, no. Yeah, no, you know, you understand. No. Um, and he's his his really famous gruesome act is that he murdered his mom, cut off her head and then had oral sex with her head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fucked up, dude. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So I, but like, so I knew that I knew who Ed Kemper was and I knew about his crimes. And so that this never really made sense to me. I'm like, what about Ed Kemper inspired Leatherface? Mm-hmm. And then I, then like, as Josh and I are watching this movie, I realized I'm like, oh, it's Ed Gein. <laughs> so, I think it's okay that you don't have all your crazy real life serial killers perfectly memorized. <laughs> <laughs> I think Josh should be more worried if you were like, oh, right. (laughs) It's this, this, this. Ed Gein. He is from Plainfield, Wisconsin, and he is known as the Butcher of Plainfield or the Plainfield Ghoul. So he's a convicted murderer and body snatcher, hence the grave robbing that we talked about at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's only convicted of two murders, that of tavern owner Mary Hogan in 1954 and Plainfield hardware store owner Bernice Warden in 1957. Notice these are both unusually, like, well-off women in the 1950s. I don't mm-hmm. think that's a coincidence. Okay. Like, it's, I mean, it's the 1950s, and we have two female entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and he just conveniently, like, killed two female entrepreneurs. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't, I think there's probably some misogyny there, too. I, I yeah. mean, any, any male that routinely murders women is probably a misogynist but i just wanted to point that out there's yeah. no there's i don't have any extra information on that just mm-hmm. 
interesting detail that I don't think is a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the only two murders he was ever convicted of. So there may be others. We don't know. But he did confess to those two murders is my understanding. Mm-hmm. There was also some weird deaths in his immediate family that they think he might have committed. Oh, so they were they, he was suspected of the murders. And the police went um, and searched his house. And in his house, they found whole human bones and fragments. Oh, no. A wastebasket made of human skin. What the fuck? Human skin covering several chair seats. Skulls on his bedposts. Female skulls, some with the top sawn off. (gasps) Bowls made from human skulls, which makes me think about Bloody Face in Asylum. Uh Uh-huh. American Horror Story Asylum. I was going to say that. Yep. Mm -hmm. That and the lampshades. Yes. A corset made from a female torso, skin from shoulders to waist. No. Leggings made from human leg skin. Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. I'm only halfway through this list. Masks made from the skin of female heads. Mary Hogan's face mask in a paper bag. Mary Hogan's skull in a box. Bernice Warden's entire head in a burlap sack. (laughs) Bernice Warden's heart in a plastic bag in front of Gein's pot-bellied stove. Oh, my God. This one's particularly gross. Nine vulva (gasps) in a shoebox. Ew. A young girl's dress and the vulvas of two females judged to have been about 15 years old. Oh, my God. A belt made from the human from human female nipples. Oh, my God. Four noses. A pair of lips on a window shade drawstring. A lampshade made from the skin of a human face, which we we literally see this lampshade in Texas oh Chainsaw Massacre. Oh my god, you're right. Like, yep. I, probably not the same one, I'm assuming. <laughs> oh, but Oh my god. And just like a pile of fingernails. Ew. Yeah. Does this guy get the death penalty? Uh, no. Um. Or is this just, this is just from, because it was, because he grave robbed. Yeah, and so that's what he told police, uh, oh. that he made as many as 40 nocturnal visits to Ew. three local graveyards to, like, take out these bodies. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> I don't feel good. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Uh, uh, but he's considered a suspect in several uh, other unsolved cases in Wisconsin, including the 1953 disappearance of Evelyn Hartley, um, a lacrosse babysitter. So I just kind of wanted to say the names of victims. Yeah. 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 Um, When he was questioned about these crimes, he admitted to some of them, but then other times he would just start banging his head and face into a brick wall. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. So he was found guilty of the two deaths, though, um, that I I stated earlier. And that was after he, he spent a lot of time in a psychiatric institute because at first he was found um, unfit to stand trial. Mm-hmm. But he was later found guilty of, oh, excuse me, I misspoke again. I need to take better notes. He was, he was found guilty only of the murder of Bernice Warden, the hardware store owner. So he wasn't tried for Mary Hogan's murder, but he fucking, he did it. Yeah. It's just, it's more of just like when, when you convict them of one murder and they're going to spend their life in prison. You don't need to convict them of any more. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. So that is, that is a very quick and dirty Ed Gein recitation. That's so nasty. 
So I, I can see with that information, I can see how we inspired Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think that a chainsaw was ever involved, but yeah. Oh my gosh. Blech. That was really good, but also just so gross. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I think we have like three little game questions. Cause again, with this one, I just, I didn't feel very inspired. <laughs> Just, just wanted it over. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Greetings and welcome. I want to play a game. Is there a point in which you opt out? Oh, that's hard for this movie because everything happens so fast. That's this is, true. Because I, I feel like that's kind of our standard when we talk about opting out is things that are drawn out we're more likely to opt out than things that happen very quickly. Mm-hmm. Because then you're you're just like you have the adrenaline pumping and going. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I don't think there's any point in this movie when I would opt out. I I do think that I might have given up <laughs> when mm-hmm. if I was the one tied to the chair where Sally was tied to the chair, I think I might have just like been like, okay, this is happening. So maybe that would be my version of opting out in this yeah. movie. That's what I, I, mean, was... I, I would like to think I would have survived, but yeah, I don't know. That, that was a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. It was so a lot. I, I was thinking yeah. that as well as that. It's so short, it's kind of hard to, like, opt out versus you're trapped in a survivor-ish type scenario. And I just, I hope I would have the strength to fight to the end, but I agree with you. There's part of me that when they have her head over the bucket, where even as an audience member, I'm like, just get it over with. Like, just, I just, I want to be done. I want to be done. Yeah. I can't, I can't watch this anymore. Yeah. Let alone imagining if I was Sally. Right. Irk. Very true. Okay. Then horrible, disgusting question, but at least we've got two, in my opinion, low-hanging fruit answers. If you Would you rather? <laughs> you've got to pick. If you're going to die, like Kirk, Pam, Jerry, or Franklin. Oh, definitely not Pam. Yep. Ugh. Um... <laughs> I, I'm going to go with Jerry because it seemed the fastest. Um, the runner-up is Franklin because it also seemed very quick, but Franklin, like, saw the chainsaw coming, and that sounds terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have – I agree with you. Jerry, first and foremost, it seemed quick, over, stunned. Yeah. With Kirk, I don't know if, like – Was the... he aware? Right. So I'm yeah. with you. It's either Kirk or Franklin as the runner-up. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, would you rather, you're in a horror movie, yep. it can be in any setting you like, I'll, okay. I'll let you pick where okay. you are in this horror movie. Well, unfortunately, but would there's you no rather... safe setting, thanks to Midsummer. I was like, running through a meadow, and I was like, no, not a meadow. <laughs> <laughs> no, meadows are not safe. Mm-mm. And, and daylight is not safe, daylight as we have learned in several safe. movies. Oh. Yeah. But you are, you're running through a meadow, Nettie. Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> Who's chasing you? Leatherface? Oh. Ghostface or Jason Voorhees? Fuck. Okay, I'm still traumatized from this movie, so not Leatherface. The thought of, like, I do have something about, like, being cut or stabbed that's very terrifying to me, but a chainsaw is, like, a thousand knives on a, on a blade. So <laughs> A chainsaw so, is a thousand knives. So <laughs> not that one. And, um, I'm probably going to pick Ghostface because in Scream there's still that comedic element Ghostface, oh, excuse you, Lacey. Did you have an opinion? Um, Ghostface trips and he, you know, he seems, as Leatherface, he's human, but beatable human. 
Uh, and then Jason Voorhees, nothing I do is going to stop him. So I'm not able to fight off Jason. So I'm going with Ghostface. What about you? That's that's very good logic. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I think that I'm going with Jason Voorhees because he doesn't run. That's true. And I'm not very fast. <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> you could totally outrun Jason. Yes. And you're making it to the next town with the truck driver. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I, I'm just like, maybe I could outrun him and like get in a car and just like drive away. Yeah. That, that's that that would be what I would hope for. And also, I, I think that if I had to pick to die between a chainsaw and a knife and a machete, mm-hmm. the machete seems the fastest. And that is always my goal. That's true. So, yeah, that's really true. <laughs> the fastest and I guess the least gruesome. I feel like the knife is going to take a while. Mm-hmm. The chainsaw is going to be quick, but it could be potentially very gruesome. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. So, well, machete. Yep. Good call. Good call. I like it. I respect it. <laughs> Whew. Okay. So, next film... I am open to suggestions because also we're coming up on the end of our season one. So we're going to wrap up at a nice, perfect number of 20. And we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back for Halloween and and Christmas yes. horror. And oh, it's going to be so good. Um, I love me some Christmas horror. Yes. I'm so excited because I really only know Krampus. I'm excited for other ones. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to do some Black Christmas. Yep, I meant to see that one, but I didn't because I'm also kind of scared. I get a little scared. It's <laughs> <That's> fair. <laughs> okay, so I'm trying to, like, think of, like, what do I want to end with because we're coming up to the end. So I was thinking of doing Crawl. Because What's Crawl? So, I don't think I've even heard of that one. Okay, so it is out, it's on Hulu, and it it has, like, semi-ish decent ratings. So it is a woman who is trying to save her father during a category five hurricane and she gets trapped in a house with a bunch of alligators sold (laughs) okay okay so we'll see i've never seen it it's good yeah it's gonna like push me out of my comfort but (sighs) i would love to tell everybody why my fear of alligators is in fact completely rational okay perfect this is the time to do it (laughs) and i was making sure because the director was familiar to me so it's it's alexander or alexandre aha aja and he did um the hills have eyes Ooh, and he did high tension you remember that you French love film? that movie? Yes, yeah, that's he, such a good movie. He's apparently the writer for. Well, I mean, it's it's it's. Let me out. Yeah, let me make sure he's he's the writer for it along with with, with one other. So, um, I I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised by this. I saw the trailer. I'm actually I'm like, really excited. Okay. I'm gonna be honest. I'm very Sweet. excited. All right, so everybody, that's what you're gonna do next is crawl. It's on Hulu, um, and then obviously other places, but that's where I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we look forward to talking to you next week. Okay, guys. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could go ahead and give us five stars and maybe maybe review, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. It would mean a lot to us. Yeah. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Lawn Horror Podcast. Twitter at Lawn Horror Pod. We have a Facebook page, Lawn Horror. Check out our website, LawnHorror.com. Send us an email at LawnHorror at gmail.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail at 909-666-0159. Hey guys, never drop your weapon. And don't forget to double tap. Musical fade out.